Hey, 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 everybody. Today I am talking about something that I have been doing since the beginning of my business, and that is growing my team. It's something that I love doing because I'm the queen of delegation. I have a very busy personal life, and I've learned that the only way I can continue having a personal life and running a successful business is if I release the reins and let other people pick up some of the slack. So I outsource things that don't serve me or little tasks that I can't do easily or I don't enjoy doing. And I stick to the money generating activities in my business that must come from me. What happens is years later, here we are. And at the time of this recording, I have 23 people on my team. So I'm going to be talking to you today about growing your team. So stick around. You're listening to Marketing Tips with Melissa podcast. Welcome to Marketing Tips with Melissa podcast. And now your host, Melissa Jakubovic. All right, let's get into it. Growing your team. I know sometimes this is a really big dream for a lot of people. I can't wait till I have a team. Right now, I'm a one-woman show. Or I have so much on my plate and I can't ever seem to get all of it done. I feel like I want all of these things. I want to grow my business. I want to scale. I want to do everything I can imagine. And I just feel stuck, like I'm stunted in my growth. I can't do it all, especially if I have a nine to five or if I'm taking care of a parent or if I have little kids in my house. Have you been there? Does that sound like you? Because that totally sounded like me back when I started my business. And I knew from the beginning that my first goal, that milestone that I really wanted to reach was to get my first VA. I put it on my vision board. I thought about it all the time. And it seemed like something that was just so far distant into the future Because how was I going to afford to pay someone else to do anything if I myself wasn't making enough money? And I think a lot of times that is a misconception. People wait until they've reached thousands and thousands of dollars in their business or they wait until, you know, some amazing milestone happens that could take a really long time before they bring in any help. And I want you to shift the mindset around that a little bit and recognize That when you bring in the help, even maybe a little bit before you think you need it, you are now relieved of all these other tasks that are holding you back, which allows you to grow much faster and reach the next milestone and the next milestone and the next milestone. So when I finally took the leap and I hired my first VA, I was ecstatic. And it wasn't very soon after that I hired the next one and the next one and the next one. And basically, I am constantly hiring. I hire people on my team who are part-time. I hire people on my team who are full-time. And when I have a quick little task that I need to get done, I will hop into a Facebook group and I'll hire someone on a task-by-task basis. Now, I don't refer to those people as on my team, but for the purpose of this conversation, just understanding that outsourcing gets things done much more quickly and efficiently in your business and it can really help you grow. So for example, if I recorded something a long time ago, a video or something, and I want to repurpose it and turn it into a different style of a video or maybe a slideshow or maybe a blog or an article or something like that, 
I want someone to transcribe that for me. Now, if I sit there and I transcribe a one hour long video, it's going to take me forever. And that time I could be doing so many other things, coaching my clients, coming up with different content ideas, anything. So I outsource that to someone who will get it done by the end of the day. It might cost me $20, maybe $30, $40, and it's done while I'm working on other things. And then when they say, hey, I'm done, here you go, Melissa, now I can hop into the re-recording or making the slide deck. Now I've reached a point in my business where I have people who can make slide decks for me. That doesn't mean that they always do because I do love Canva. I still love doing those things. But when it comes down to a time crunch, I pass that off. Any little task that is not a great use of my time gets passed off. And this is how I've slowly grown my team over time. So now we have departments on my team. We have the tech team who take care of all the technology, support tickets, you know, putting the zaps together, fixing funnels, any coding that's messed up on websites, all of that. We have the lead generation team, and these people on the team are the ones that are bringing new leads in or are nurturing leads or are helping me cultivate relationships online. We have the design team, and the design team is responsible for anything that is visually created. That could be slide decks, you know, webinars, um, Sometimes it could be any of our promotional products. Maybe it's a mock-up of something. We have design for sometimes workbooks, things like that. Again, I do a lot of those on my own. And if you've been following my brand for a really long time, you can tell when I've done it or when my design team has done it. It's a very obvious difference. I have the content department, which consists of people who are creating content. Now, I create my own content as far as You know, I'm recording this podcast or I'm going live by myself. No one's going live for me. But the content team pulls that information out and helps me repurpose it. So for example, you might see a post on Facebook and two weeks later you see a version of it as a reel, a short video clip in a really fun way on Instagram. Well, I recorded that reel because obviously it's my face But my content team pulled the information and said, make a reel on this, point to the screen, do this thing, and then they put the text on there for me. That's an example. Um, Or content writing as far as copywriting. So the writing on my website that you see, that all came from me and my ideas. And then my copywriter made it sound like smooth magic because that's her skill set. So instead of me struggling with copywriting, the copywriter on my team takes my mind, my ideas, my feelings, my beliefs, and puts them into words that sound exactly how I want them to sound. And that's why I outsource. We also have the operations team. So this includes our lawyer for all of our contracts. This includes our CPA and our spreadsheets and all that stuff. This includes project management. This includes day-to-day operations and things like that. So we have five main departments. And then like I said, I'll outsource little projects here and there to different people. If my team is overwhelmed or if my team is working deeply in a project and I don't want them to 
shift their, and I don't want them to shift their focus to something else, but I need something done immediately. So I will just outsource it. And I do have a library of people that I use again and again. Um, I just don't consider them my team because they're not in our day-to-day team operations. Although I will always go back to those same exact people. And sometimes I find new people as well because I love hiring new people. Now, when it comes to hiring my for my team, there is another podcast episode that I've done. So you can just search that on the website, marketingtipswithmelis.com and just search the word hiring or something like that and it'll pull up any podcast episodes that have to do with that. So I don't want to go deep into that now, but what I do want to say is that when I hire for my team, I love hiring newer virtual assistants because not only can I mold them into the way I want my team to work and the process that I use for each person, but they're also very eager to learn. And also the rate is much less than if you were to hire someone who's been a virtual assistant for 10 years. And so if you're first starting out, I want you to think outside of the box. There are many ways to get lots of help. And you know, then people can grow with your team and they'll stay longer. And most of the people on my team have been with me for many, many years. Are you tired of trying to figure things out on your own and then finding expensive solutions online? I've got just the thing for you. Check out all my business building and mindset kits. They're jam-packed with value. Starting at just $7, they'll help you take the actionable steps you need to get your business moving in the right direction. Visit learn.abundantstrategy.com to see the ever-growing collection of kits. Happy learning. So let's talk about turnover because sometimes people will not be on the team for many, many years. Turnover happens. There are people that leave, they either realized it wasn't a good fit or they just weren't happy or they didn't like the tasks that they were doing or they moved on to other things. I had some people on my team who were with me for many years and we got along great and they did excellent work, but then they grew their business in a different direction and they didn't want to be a virtual assistant anymore and they didn't want to be on anyone else's team. They wanted to be the CEO of their own business and build their own team. And you know what? That happens and as it may suck for you as the CEO who now has to find someone else, it's also very exciting and it's nice to celebrate other people's success. So just know that turnover will happen. And because turnover will happen often or maybe not as often as you know, another person, but turnover does happen, you want to be prepared for it. And so you want to make sure that you have systems in place and you have training in place. So again, I did mention this in that other podcast episode, but you want to have training ready to go before you hire the person on your team. So what that really looks like is you recording the screen. I like to use Loom. And while you're recording the screen, you are talking through what you are doing, step-by-step narrating your actions. And now you have a recording of what it is you do on a day-to-day that you're about to pass off to somebody else. And then when you hire someone, you can say, here's all the training, watch all these videos, let me know if you have any questions. It's really helpful because instead of hiring someone and then putting them on hold because they don't know what to do and now you have to stop your work to now go create training videos for them, it's already ready to go. And then when there is turnover, which is inevitable, you don't have to go create new training. You would say to the new person, hey, watch these videos, this is what you do. Now, when someone is leaving my team, I have them 
update the videos because over time, especially if they've been with me for several years, some of our processes have changed. And so I have them update the videos, maybe add in a few little videos so that the next person that comes on has the most up-to-date training. So you need to have a system in place for how you operate with your team. As you grow, as you become the CEO, more and more sitting in that position, you're not going to have your hands in every single detail of everything. That's just the reality of growing. And maybe you don't want to grow to 23 people. Maybe you'll be fine with just two or three people under you, and that is totally fine too. There's no right or wrong here. But either way, with a team of four or a team of 40, you still need to have systems in place so that people know what are their day-to-day tasks, what do you expect of them. So you want to come up with those KPIs. Those are the key performance indicators that say, I want you to do this by this date, or by the end of the week, you should have done this every single week. What are those things? And then have systems in place. Maybe it's a checklist that you want them to do that they go through every day. Maybe it's some spreadsheets where they need to track their data and their numbers. I've done this and this and this. Whatever it is, you need to have a system in place so that they can visually be aware of what is expected of them. And you can pop in and say, oh, let me look at the spreadsheet. It doesn't look like you're really doing what you're supposed to be doing. Or let me look at this. Oh, wow, you have exceeded expectations. So you want to have training to get them started and you want to have systems in place so that they can continuously feel successful. And you want to have KPIs, your key performance indicators, so that everyone's on the same page with the same expectations. Also, when it comes to building a team, you want to pay close attention to your company culture. The culture of your company is so important. You want to be able to show up to work and enjoy it. You built your business to be something that you love and you enjoy and you can't wait to be a part of. So think about growing your team as handpicking your coworkers so that you feel at home and you really love your team. I love my team, and I tell my team this all the time. I absolutely love them. I try to make everyone on my team feel like they're the only one on my team, like I have really good deep relationships with them, and I want everyone to feel special and heard and important. And honestly, some of the people on my team have a skill set that I don't have. For example, my tech team. I did all of my own tech for the first five years of my business. And I learned so much from that. I could set up my own Zapier. I can build my own funnels on ClickFunnels. I can connect my email automations to everything. I can change the DNS settings inside of my website. I could do all of that. But I'll tell you what, I hate doing it. I'll tell you what else, it can take me 12 hours. So 12 hours of my precious time plus the frustration and stress. Will I get it done? Yes. Will it work? Yes. But I could spend that 12 hours doing something I absolutely love that's actually bringing money into my business while my tech team can do it in, I'm not kidding you, 30 minutes or less. So something that took me 12 hours, my team can do in 30 minutes. Now I'm paying someone 30 minutes worth of their time to fix something that would knock out a whole day if not more for me. You see the interest here in getting people with a skill set that is stronger than yours. So knowing that their skill set is stronger than mine, I now ask them questions and I want their opinion. So I don't make all the decisions. I make all the final decisions, but I allow everyone on my team to give me their input because that's their strength, not mine. 
So the other day, I was wondering about this complicated thing we have to do with one of our funnels. I won't get into it, but it's complicated. And there are so many different ways to do it. So instead of me saying, we're doing it this way, I spoke to my tech team and I said, all right, this is the problem. This is what I want as the solution. What's the best way to get this done? And we had a conversation about it. And so now the people on my team feel valued because I truly do need them. I ask them questions. They are making an impact in my business with their input. So I want my company culture to feel that everyone has a say here. It's not just Melissa as the dictator. I'm the final decision maker because it's my business, but I want everybody's input. And the company culture is that everyone can communicate with anyone else. One person can help another. Another part of my company culture is there is no such thing as a stupid question. And I really encourage everyone to ask as many questions as they have. I rather people ask me millions and millions of questions than don't ask questions and just assume or feel stressed out and maybe make the wrong decisions. So there's an openness and a flexibility and there's patience with inside my company culture. And I love that. Now the internal culture of your team will translate to the external culture of your brand. So if your internal culture is very high-paced, stressed, people aren't getting along, frantic energy, um, that, that uncomfortable feeling that your team is going to feel is going to translate into your brand. Your brand's going to come off pushy. Maybe it'll come off salesy. Maybe it'll come off cold. So be very, very aware of your company culture internally because if it's a very loving space and people love working with you and they want to stay on your team for years and, you know, I get applications every day. We want to work for you. We've heard about you. We want to, you know, do you have any job openings? I get those types of emails all the time. And that's because our company culture is so beautiful. And that translates externally to the way that we help and support our clients. And the last thing I want to say about growing your team is the unfortunate reality that you will have to let people go. And it may be really hard. And sometimes you're going to have to let people go that you don't really want to let go because if your company culture is strong, you have built really beautiful relationships with your people. So at the beginning of 2022, I had to let four people go. Some of these people had been with me for years and years and I felt very close to them, like super, super close friends. And it was really hard and it was really sad and I did shed some tears. I did cry about it. Um, But as the CEO, it is a skill set that you will eventually have to learn. And the more you do it, the easier it will get. So if things aren't fitting, maybe it's not fitting for a financial reason, maybe it's not fitting for an emotional reason, maybe it's not fitting because they're not actually pulling their weight anymore. Whatever the reason is that you may have to let someone go, maybe the direction of your business has changed a little bit so that position is no longer needed. Whatever the reason is, there's different reasons why people are going to have to be let go, but it's still something that you're going to have to do. So the best way to handle it is with professionalism and just to remember not to take things personally, no matter the reaction that you get and just to hold your ground. You know, you are the CEO and just like you get to hire people, you also get to fire people. And sometimes you let people go that were not a good fit and they didn't do a good job and you weren't close with them. And those will be much easier than letting people go that you truly, truly love. 
but it is the reality of being a CEO and it is a skill set that you will eventually have to learn. So all of this is how I grow my team and keep it growing and I hope this helps and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tips with Melissa podcast at www.marketingtipswithmeliss.com. Oh, wait, before you go, I've got a special invitation for you, so listen up. Join thousands of spiritual women, entrepreneurs, coaches, healers, and business owners in a cozy community to learn effective and aligned strategies to grow and scale your business through organic marketing and so much more. I'm inviting you to join my free community called the Spiritual Women Entrepreneurs to lift one another up in business, spirituality, finances, and emotional support. Visit spiritualwomenentrepreneurs.com. See you on the inside.